Hi, I'm Adam Sanford. I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles. And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn and how we teach and how they overlap. Welcome back to Learning Made Easier. This is episode 123, How to Stop Procrastinating. Procrastination is the bane of many students' existence. You think you're on top of things and suddenly the due date is right on top of you. Worse yet, it makes you feel like you were lazy or stupid or irresponsible because other people stay on top of their commitments, right? So why can't you? How do you stop procrastinating? For this question, let's look at the research on procrastination. First, it's not because you're lazy or stupid, it's because you're stressed. And the normal response to stress is to run away from it. So stop beating yourself up. The goal here is to find ways to address the problem, which is your stress, which causes you to avoid doing the work. What causes the stress? Well, there are a few possibilities. First, it might be that's a big project and you can't see a way to break it down into small pieces. Maybe you've never learned how to do that, so any big project looks impossible because you don't know how to do a project like that except by just not sleeping for 24 hours while you rush through it. Other work in the field suggests that procrastination is tied up with perfectionism, that procrastinators put off doing the work because they're anxious about mistakes or about doing things less than perfectly, so they keep avoiding it until the deadline is right on top of them and they have no choice. Additionally, some research specifically into ADHD talks about how procrastinators only have two senses of time, now and not now. And if something is in not now time, like a deadline that's more than 12 hours away, then it feels like forever time. That deadline will never show up until suddenly it's 12 hours away and now that puts it into now. There are some strategies that can help you stop putting things off until the last minute. First, use a setup routine. Before a planned study session, set up everything you need to do, your computer, your notes, whatever else you need to do the work as soon as you get home from class. Then take a 15 minute break, get a drink of water, get a snack, use the bathroom, whatever, get your head straight, then come back. The room's already set up. All you have to do is sit down and start. Adam has clients and students who say this setup routine has made it much easier to get working on their assignments when they come back after their short break. Another strategy, which we covered in our time management series, is the 10-minute rule. Tell yourself, I only have to do whatever this task is for 10 minutes. And that'll usually get you going. And by the time 10 minutes is over, you'll actually be involved with whatever you're, you're doing. And you'll go longer than 10 minutes. And if 10 minutes doesn't work, switch to a different task. Because occasionally, your brain is just not there for math right now, but you can do words. Okay, so switch to the essay that you got to do for history and come back to your math homework in a couple hours. Maybe your brain will have shifted. If you know you're a perfectionist, learn to let go of the need for things to be perfect. Switch your goal to improvement, not perfection, because no one is perfect. Our episodes 8 and 49 go into a lot more detail on how to manage this. For the fear caused by this project is huge and I can't see any way to break it down, Go to our time management series. That's episodes 12 through 15. We discuss how to break down big projects into small steps in episode 13 specifically. 
Finally, if you're one of the procrastinators who's just unaware of time until the deadline is right on top of you, follow these four steps. One, break the work down into small pieces that you can get done in one hour or less. Use the backwards planning method. When you break down an assignment into 10 small steps, it's much easier to do than trying to do it all in one long work session. It stops being so intimidating and hopefully will stop pressing your panic buttons so you can actually get the work done. Second, plan when you're going to do the work and plan exactly what you're going to do at those times. Don't just write research paper on your calendar. Write down, read through three articles and make notes of important points and good quotes for research paper. Be specific about what you're going to do. You'll be more likely to get it done. Nebulous words like study or write, they don't help you. They just make you stress out as you try to figure out exactly what you're going to do. Study doesn't mean anything. Make 25 flashcards about chapter three, on the other hand, that does. You wanna make something concrete, something actionable. The third step, make it inconvenient not to do what you need to do. One of Adam's favorite authors, Jen Sincero, recommends the negative penalty method for making sure you do things you have to do, but may not always want to do. We talk about this in episode 93. One of the negative penalties she describes is, tell your mom what you're going to get done. If you don't do it, she has the right to lecture you and you're not allowed to argue back. You just have to sit there and take the lecture. Now, most of us, myself included, would really rather not get lectured. So we're more motivated to actually get the work done. Maybe post on your social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, that you're going to get one step of your work done and ask people to call you on it if you don't do it. Making a public commitment to get something done can be scary, but again, it can also be incredibly motivating. Now, the last thing is reward yourself for each piece that you finish. You might create a punch card like they have at coffee shops or ice cream shops, where you get the 10th item for free after you've punched off nine markers. So grab an index card, something you'd use for a flashcard. Write the numbers one through 10 around the outside edge of it. And each time you finish a task, punch off one of the numbers with a hole punch. Just doing that can actually be really motivating, that feeling of when you click that punch card. I know it sounds stupid, but it is this visceral sense that, hey, I did a thing. And when you've punched off all 10, then give yourself some kind of reward. Maybe you get to go get a latte or you get an hour of video gaming. Now, to tell you a little bit about our experiences with procrastinating, I was going to write about it, but I figured why not wait until we just start recording to think of how I deal with procrastination. I've often told people that I put the pro in procrastination, or at least I really used to, but because of grad school, I've had to work on big projects like preparing for qualifying exams or doing research and writing a thesis or while putting together a teaching plan and teaching. And all of these take a lot of time. I can't do a lot of interviews and read all of the relevant literature and prepare a class and know how it's going to go and do that all in a week. I can't even do that in a month. I couldn't do any one of those in that shorter time frame. So what I did to try and keep myself on track was saying, if I do this, spe uh, this specific task or if I work for this many hours, and honestly, that last approach was probably a little too vague. I should have been more specific when I said that. 
Uh, but what I used to do is I'd say, if I write X amount of words or if I summarize so many articles, then one, I'll be further ahead in my studying than if I don't do that work. And as far as the negative penalty worked, I used my sports photography as an incentive. I would tell myself that if there was a game coming up that I really wanted to photograph for a small site or for myself, then I'd better get through a certain number of articles. And if I didn't, then I couldn't make the game. And that acted as enough motivation to help keep me on track. Now, those were kind of my internal motivations. Uh, I also had some external help because when I was working with people that I could study with or talk to them about our research, you know, we would do something like have lunch or we'd have coffee. So we'd make it something social. We'd look forward to it. And that meeting was a good incentive for us to get work done. Now, there were times where stuff came up or we got a little sidetracked or overwhelmed, but it was never more than maybe twice in a row because we typically wanted to make sure that we were bringing something interesting to talk about. And I've used the Jen Sincero method of setting up a negative consequence and being public about my goals. And those have been great motivators for not putting things off. Now, Denor and I have also talked about the four tendencies. See our episode 87 for more on that. And if you're an obliger, that's one of the best things for you. It will definitely help you outside accountability for the win. I also want to talk for a minute about how you might react at first to breaking up a big project into small steps. This really surprised me. When I started doing this about four years ago, there was a part of my brain that was used to doing it all in one long 24-hour sleepless session. And that part of my brain absolutely freaked out. Like I'd finish my four tasks for the day and the brain would go, but what about this? But what about this? But what about this? But what about this? Because to that part of my brain, until I was finished, I had to stress out about it. And I wasn't finished, but I was on the way. As Denor said, you know, I'd made progress, right? But that part of my brain really didn't know how to process the idea that it's okay to do things in a series of small steps. So I had to do some work on that. I eventually learned that I would get everything done, but I literally had to have a talk with that part of my brain and reassure it, yes, the work will get done. It's just being done in a new way. When you change the way you do things, your brain will throw up resistance. Even if the new way to do things will make it easier for you in the long run, your brain might not know that. So be prepared for that as well. Be prepared for a part of your brain to just dig in its heels and resist and say, no, we're going to still do this the way we've always done it, even though you're saying, yeah, no, I need to get a little sleep. Okay, I'm not 16 anymore. I'm not 19 anymore. I'm 29, and I can't do that. Okay, there will be a part of your brain that fights it. So just be prepared for that. Now, the way students can use the advice in this episode, try using the techniques here to help you stop procrastinating. See if a setup routine works for you, or having a punch card to motivate yourself to complete tasks. We really recommend planning what you're going to do in a given study session so you're not left staring at your book the computer screen and your notebook, wondering what the heck you're supposed to do for the next one or two hours. Essentially, take control of your time and you'll find procrastination becomes more manageable. And as for teachers, apart from using these strategies to combat your own procrastination tendencies, because we know there are folks out there who have them, teach your students these methods of combating procrastination. Let them know there are ways to address these issues and folks, never call them lazy, never call them irresponsible, and never let them call themselves those things either, because it's not true. It won't help them improve if you do that. But tactics and tools to address the problem, 
that will. So that's what we have for you in episode 123. If you're finding this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. We're always hoping to get new subscribers so we can help more people. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Android. We're hosted on Blueberry.com. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you wrote a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to join us next week for episode 124, when we'll talk about how to make your study time work for you. You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. We want to say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast possible. If you want to support us, please go to www.patreon.com slash learning made easier. We look forward to seeing you next week.